listening to the Scoop Slam Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Scoop Slam Podcast. We are back, as always, reviewing some good old wrestling. And before we get too far into anything WWE, AEW related, I'm one half of your hosting team. My name is Micah. Joining me on the other end of the call is the historian of the Scoop Slam podcast, and I don't have a funny lead-in for you this time. It's Ryan. Yo, great to be back here with you, Micah. Ready to talk some wrestling, ready to defend our tribal chief and our high chief, one Dwayne Johnson. Let's get into it, man. It was a loaded week, packed week we had this this week. Yeah, especially on the AEW side. Or, uh, well, are we sure? Now, I meant to say the WWE side. I was going to say it was a short week for AEW because they didn't have collision, but I don't know. The way my tongue's getting twisted, it might just be one of those nights. They didn't, they didn't have collision, huh? I wouldn't know. Yeah. I haven't seen collision in that <laughs> month, man. I'm about to say we didn't review it last week or the week before last. And you now keep they on telling me. You keep on telling me not to tune in for Collision, so I have not been keeping up with Collision. I don't know what they're doing over there on Saturdays. It's it's Saturday Night Rampage at this point. I mean, I watch it, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> is there anything to yeah. really talk about? Well, it got preempted for the All-Star Weekend. Terrible All-Star Weekend that we had for the NBA. Really? I didn't watch... I, well, I, let me take that back. I saw the Steph-Sabrina three-point contest. That was literally the best thing to happen out that whole weekend. The celebrity game was garbage. The skills challenge was garbage. The three-point shootout was good. Dunk contest was garbage. The all-star game was laughable. I think they scored a combined 400 points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The NBA NBA media is having a meltdown. But, you know, I got to be honest, Mike. They've kind of done this to themselves because the NBA media nonstop says nothing else matters except winning a ring. So why would the players take anything else serious if none of it matters unless you win a ring? So, I mean, the deterioration of the All-Star game, All-Star weekend is because of the NBA media. And the NBA media is having a meltdown over what we just seen this weekend. And, uh, I mean, they're the cause of it. You know, I mean, I've seen some stuff back and forth about uh, like them wanting to make the all-star game the be-all end-all for home court advantage for the finals. And I'm like, because that's not even fair. I mean, if the Warriors go 73 and nine, but oh, the East team wins, they get home court advantage. No, that's stupid. Yeah, it deteriorates the regular season if you do that. But if they put like $100,000 on the line, split, you know, 12, 15 ways. They did that for the in-season tournament. Guys took it serious when there was actual incentive on the line. Yeah, so I think they could do that. It was garbage this year, Micah. Like, got, it, it didn't even resemble basketball at times. It felt like we could have been out there and we could have scored 35. <laughs> and we are very – I don't know about you, man, but last time I played basketball, I was feeling it after about four possessions. Oh, I'm fat and out of shape. I'm more fat and out of shape now than I was then. You so, could have put no. up 30. 
You could have put up 30 against Nikola Jokic and Luka, what they were trying to do on defense uh, on Sunday. But it was it was not a good not a good look for the NBA this weekend. I seen um, Dame shot it from like it was like three quarters of the court and just sunk it. Yeah, that's part of modern basketball that I hate is the three point shot that it's it's outrageous at this point, Micah. They're they put up at least 120 three point attempts in the All Star game. Like yeah. the three point shot is it's killing the game. I love man. I, I hate to say it. I think they should push it back or or do something with it. it, it there's no plays run. It's just who can make the most threes in the game. That's who's going to win the game nine. Nine out of ten times, it doesn't resemble basketball anymore. It's a three-point shootout pretty much all the time. And I love the NBA, but got to call it spade a spade here on the Scoop Slam podcast. Well, you don't. So you don't like even in like regulation basketball, not necessarily the All-Star game. You don't really like the three-point centric teams. I don't because every team is three-point centric now. Micah, I I saw a stat the other day that man, I'm about to butcher it too. I'm sure, but. The the seventy three and nine Warriors, it, the three point attempts they attempted that year would rank twenty seventh this year in three point attempts. Like, oh my it's, god! Yes, it is. It's teams just chucking up threes, man. It, like that's not entertaining. Like games are usually blowouts now because of the three point shot. You can look at the box score and and not even look at this at the 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 final score. If you just look at the box score and see who made the most threes, I mean, nine out of ten times, the team that makes the most threes is going to win the game. And it's just not entertaining when you're just chucking up threes. See, I'm not going to lie, which I know this is a start, just difference from wrestling, but I did always kind of want to have an NBA podcast when I was younger, so I I could talk about this forever. If I <laughs> This is something that Alabama's uh, college team has been doing. Personally... I would run a three and D offense all day long. Like we would not take a mid range shot inside or it's a three. That's it. See, and that's bad for the game though. It's killing the fundamentals of the game. Micah, what happened to the post up game? What happened to the good, good old mid range shot? It's not there anymore. It's either a layup, a three pointer or a foul. And that's, I mean, it's good if a couple teams does, does that, but it's every team in the league now. Everybody plays the same. What happened to running actual plays? What happened to yeah. specialty players? They don't have specialty plays anymore. If you can't shoot the three, you're not going to be on the floor. Yeah. I mean, guys like Shaq are never going to be in the NBA again. Which, it's don't terrible. get me wrong, terrible. he was a generational talent, but still. Yeah, the, the back-to-the-basket post-up player. It's completely out the game now. You won't have a guy like Shaq anymore because if you had a guy like Shaq, well, he's a liability on the floor because he can't make threes. Like, come on, man. I just, what, what happened to the game I love, Micah? What happened? It's become a three-point shootout. And you go, to the, you go to your local YMCA and you watch kids play. Bro, what do they do? They run to the three-point line. Nobody practices their post-up game. Nobody practices footwork. Nobody shoots a mid-range. It's nothing but three-point shots. That's not good for the game. That's not good for the for the health of the of the game in the future. 
Man, you're ruining my whole bag. <laughs> I'm an undersized, unathletic white guy. My whole game is corner threes. <laughs> I'm saying, though, Mike, it's good if a couple players can do it. But when you got all the league doing the same thing, that's not entertaining. What they say in the UFC, styles make fights. Well, yeah. the NBA, man, styles make the NBA. Give me something. I want different type of players on the floor again, not three and D players everywhere. I mean, it comes and goes. I'm sure it'll eventually find a way back or in some kind of iteration of, I mean, really what they could do. And this would be the last thing we say. We spent the first 10 minutes talking about NBA. (laughs) (laughs) They could probably make, which I know you might give me some pushback on this. They could make a four point line and then it would kind of simmer things down. I, my opinion is and we do have to move on from this but i think they should push the three-pointer back and they should completely get rid of the corner three in my opinion whoa no corner three no corner three because it's too close and it's people can just camp out in the corner i I mean i don't i don't i don't like that get rid of the corner three push it back push back Kyle Corver and jj reddick's of the world supposed to do well, you get your butt on the block and you get me some buckets. How about that? Ah, well, I did I did have a nice mid-range back in the day. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That was all I could shoot till I widened out my stance like clay. And then I just became a three-point specialist. And by that, I mean I rode the bench. But regardless, <laughs> speaking of the NBA, we got people are walking in real life out here with brains like Scotty Barnes. And a lot of people with the brains of Scotty Barnes happen to be on wrestling Twitter. So today, we're bringing it back. We're bringing back the segment. You like that segue? I got another segue for you. We got brain dead people giving out takes. And that's what makes up our take of the week. This week, and for weeks continuing after this, brain dead takes for takes of the week are sponsored by dead Threads Apparel. That's right. We got a sponsor for takes of the week. Dead Threads Apparel is a small uh, sporting wear company. They've got some really cool t-shirts. I know we're both Alabama fans and Laker fans. Uh, Well, you're just a LeBron fan, but uh, they got Yankees. They've got college football. They've got Braves, hockey, uh, baseball, like I said, Really any sport, I think, except like soccer with some really cool designs, really nice T-shirts. And mm. the best part about it, I know you guys aren't rest or I know you guys are listening to us as wrestling fans, but you may like sports outside of this. The best part about it, if you go to the link in the description of this episode and it'll be on our link tree, you can get 15 percent off of your next order as well as if you don't want to follow the link, we got a 10% code at the end. When you go to check out, you just put Scoop Slam. No Scoop Slam pod, just Scoop Slam. And like I said, you can go to the link and get 15% off, or you can use that 10% code, whichever you prefer, and that link is in the bio. But Dead Threads, they've got really cool stuff. Um, I sent you a couple shirts, Ryan. I think I'm going to get the Alabama one. I don't know if you were wanting to get any. Oh, of course. I mean, who wouldn't want to get one of those special shirts? Exactly. And the best part about it, they're a sponsor of the Scoop Slam podcast, and they're a sponsor of the Take of the Week, the Brain Dead Dead Thread Take of the Week. 
Oof, tongue twister there. Yeah, but it can't get any better. I'll start us off with the take of the week. Uh, but again, make sure to go check us out. That link is in the description. It's the top link on the link tree. But for my take of the week, which you sent to me today, and I hate that <laughs> because <laughs> I really wanted to. <laughs> I found it online and it was, well, I found it on the AEW Reddit page and it was definitely getting some pro. And I know we're going to be anti when it comes to this take right here. But uh, go ahead. The floor is yours, Micah. I'm surprised that it's getting pro, but I'm not at the same time. Are you really? Yeah, are you really? (laughs) Like I said, people out here with the brains of Scotty Barnes. Come on. Anyways, this one was tweeted by Andy Blue. His tag is Andy Andy Balu. Not sure exactly how you spell that, but... um. This post reads, and I, I went through his profile because I thought for sure this had to be a troll, right? That was, yeah, it had to be bait. No. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought it was, what, what did Saban used to say? They put out the rat poison. I thought that's what this was. A yummy nope. rat poison. John Moxley's had a better career than Roman Reigns and will go down as a bigger legend but the casuals aren't ready for this conversation. Hmm. John Moxley, huh? John Moxley. <laughs> yeah. I just John had Moxley. to think about it. Am I? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, had to, you had to let it sit there. <laughs> yeah, I think parts of my brain melted trying to say that. Bigger legend than Roman Reigns, huh? I don't even, I don't know what's the bigger disgrace. Bigger Mm -hmm. star now, or he'll be a bigger legend than Roman Reigns. I don't understand the logic there. He wasn't even a bigger star when they were in the same company. Oh, well. I liked Ambrose there, but saying that he was going to be a, saying that he was a bigger star. When they were all in the same company, that would be a laughable statement if I said it. Even Seth, I would. I mean, I know Roman had the machine behind him, but Seth was a bigger star than Dean. Yeah. And so yeah. now we got a guy that has the same match every week. Mm. He cuts the same promo every time. He's not even the top guy in the other company, much less the top guy in the biggest promotion in the world that has all of the steam. He's not the guy side by side with the rock. Who's who, who is, he doesn't feel overshadowed by the rock. No, that's Roman reigns. Roman reigns don't feel overshadowed by the rock. Even though the rock is the biggest movie star in the world. Roman reigns is that big of a star. He's not overshadowed, but you put John Moxley in the ring with the rock. Come on now. The guy, Roman Reigns, the guy that is the poster boy to the biggest era of wrestling since the Attitude Era. He's not, John Moxley's not on that same level. Most people that that's watching WWE right now don't know where John Moxley is. They don't watch AEW. Evidenced by the 800,000 people that watch it every Wednesday. When you compare it to the 3 million that watch it every Friday or the 2 million that watch it every Monday, 
Those people don't know where John Moxley is. Or like the people that used to ask Kurt Angle, oh, oh man, <laughs> when'd you quit wrestling? When do you go ask him in the airport? <laughs> and Moxley's got to go ahead. My bad. I was going to say, this is when TNA was getting good viewership too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, better career. Two, I can't. Uh, I can't co-sign that. No, a no, three-time AW World Champion isn't better than being the third longest reigning WWE Champion ever, or fourth. I'm sorry. Ambrose did carry the WWE title one time, but uh, that was a long time ago, Mike. <laughs> that was almost a decade ago, and the business was cold. Extremely yeah. cold. Oh, come on. I like 2016 SmackDown. But, Micah, that's like saying that Mick Foley, I think I said this over tech. That's, that's like saying Mick Foley it will go down as a bigger legend than Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's not, no. That I mean, he was good. He, he, he had his moments. He had his time in the sun. But as far as changing the business goes, you can't tell the story of professional wrestling without using Stone Cold Steve Austin. Same with Roman Reigns. You could probably tell the story of WWE without using Dean Ambrose. Yeah. It, the the only thing that you might mention was the Shield. But if you were just trying to give an overview, you might mention that Seth and Roman and Dean were together. But after that, there's no reason to mention Dean. But there's absolutely a reason to mention the Bloodline, one of the greatest factions and stories that WWE has ever told. There's yeah. absolutely a reason to mention the fourth longest w reigning WWE champion in history. Yeah. A guy yeah. that beat Undertaker, a guy that has like main evented the past like seven WrestleManias, but oh. <laughs> Moxley's got a better career because he's a three-time AEW champion and a GCW world champion. I think his career's taken a huge hit since he went to AEW. I think it benefited in the short term when he made the jump because he was doing very bad television on WWE towards the end. He had run-ins with Nia Jax. He lost to EC3 on television. So he was not doing well. Yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was bad towards the end there. They completely left him off the WrestleMania card. And then he showed up in AEW. Career got a short-term little jolt to it. But after that, Micah, I feel like he's been exposed. And I that pains me to say because he was my favorite member of the Shield. But he's been exposed. When he actually goes out on his own and does his own thing, his own ideas, his own creative. It's garbage. It's rotten. It's terrible. Look at all the death matches he's doing with staple guns and skewers to the head and 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 groping other men on on that GCW product. I don't know. I don't watch GCW. But it the the AEW AEW run the last year. Can you name any feud single feuds he's had that's been memorable in the last year? Nope, that's exactly what I was about to say. While WWE and Roman Reigns is reigning supreme, what has Moxley been doing on AEW television? 
Blackpool Combat Club, which should have been disbanded a year ago when Regal left the company. They should have been disbanded, but we're not ready for that conversation, Mike. We're just casuals. No, but Roman doesn't have that many five-star matches. What? You know what? <laughs> what match? I don't want to say that because I, I did like Ambrose in WWE, but has he had any five-star matches in AEW? Oh, well, you're asking the wrong person. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's had a couple, but uh, on my rating, no. I uh, think I remember liking his match with Punk. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. No, I thought it was pretty good. I don't remember if you did, but... I seriously, I cannot recall anything he's done. He had the feud with Hangman at the beginning of 2023, and it started going too long. Stunk. Yep. And he went kind of far. He almost won the Continental Classic. Don't remember. Which tournament was that? The one at the end of last year? Oh, that narrows it down. No, I don't remember that. Then is that one uh that Eddie Kingston won? Eddie Kingston, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, Eddie did beat him with a slap. Yeah, I remember that. So I mean f- f- oh my god, dude. Look at for crying out loud, look at their position right now. Moxley yeah. was on the opener tonight in a match that didn't have a ton of heat that I thought was okay at best and Roman is legitimately on top of the world right now the hottest heel in the company side by side with The Rock and he doesn't feel overshadowed so well he's not a bigger legend than John Moxley Mike oh yeah because he's never had a death match ooh yeah but that that was the uh Brain dead, dead thread take of the week. Did you have another one, or was that a collective? No, no I yeah, I can't, I can't top that. That was <laughs> when I seen it, I had to send it to you. <laughs> That's why I was hoping it wouldn't go around online and you wouldn't see it because I feared that you would, but I could not wait to read that to you live. Oh man, ah, uh, you know I don't, I still hold out hope that he'll return to WWE. Because I do think that he did he did some good things in WWE when he was Dean Ambrose. He was over at a time that not a lot of guys were over. But his AEW run, throw that out the window. His hmm. GCW stuff, I never want to see that. Yep. Somebody commented and said, Moxley wouldn't have a better career than Roman even if Roman sat in catering all day. He can wrestle once a year and still be more impressive than the gig merchant. <laughs> the gig merchant. <laughs> I'm gonna have to keep that one. And uh, the guy, the original poster, Andy, replied, "Reigns would have a better career than he does now if he sat in catering instead of doing bad melodrama." So then they commented back and said, "Yes, bad melodrama, which pulled in record social media views and brought in massive ratings for his segments." But mildly, profusely bleeding and flipping out is legend stuff, huh? And then somebody else said, Roman Reigns has had a better career and will be remembered bigger than AEW. <laughs> Boom. There it is. <laughs> yep. I can't, I can't top that one. Yeah, that's it. 
that's the one right there. Should end the thread. Well, speaking of SmackDown and Roman Reigns, let's move to SmackDown oh. from this past week. A okay. huge show in Salt Lake City, mainly headlined at the end by The Rock and Roman Reigns, as we mentioned. This was Friday Night SmackDown, February 16th, 2024. And to start us off, they had a pretty big, um, I won't say, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess a top-heavy show. And by that I mean, or a, a back-end heavy show. The rest of the show kind of felt eh, and they were just really trying to get The Rock and Roman out there towards the end to really key people in. Because that that was pretty, yeah, that made the show. They should have started the show with that. Yeah, because after that, and that's what I'm saying, it kind of felt like some of it was just buying time to get to the main event or main spectacle, I guess would be a better term, which I don't hate that because i did want to see rock and roman but i wouldn't say that this is the most memorable smackdown by any means i think if they would have started the show with rock roman they could have done three million plus viewers route the bat i could have seen that what was the do you remember the official rating it was about the what they ended like overall the average is that what you mean yeah. They did about 2.6, which is up year over year. Hmm. Yeah. You didn't see the quarter hours, did you? Oh, no, no. I don't doubt that deep. <laughs> okay. Well, you think you know, I know you keep your ear you to the ground. <laughs> I know you keep your ear to the ground. Oh, Mike. I'm not that, not that low to the ground, Mike. Come on now. Well, I am taller than you. Yeah, well. Besides the point. The point is, if they would have opened the show with Rock and Roman, they could have did $3 million, at least for the first quarter hour. I don't know what they would do for the rest of the show, because this show did dip a little bit for me. Yeah, I mean, and two, you always get more with it being earlier. That's 7 o'clock rather than 9. Some people go to bed. Plus, you got the lead-in from the next show. And that's really what everybody was looking forward to anyway. So, a lot of people, I'm sure, by 8, 8.30, go, well, well, I'll catch it tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of Laps fans were probably tuning in. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of Laps fans are tuning in every week. Yeah, yeah, we're bringing them back. They're bringing them back slowly but surely. Well, starting us off, at least, um, I wanted to talk about the Drew McIntyre LA Knight backstage uh, skirmish, might be the best word. It was pretty short. But I thought it was interesting because this wasn't two guys uh, talking about, well, Drew, um, you haven't been yourself recently, and you need to be a better competitor if we're going to meet in Elimination Chamber because I want to beat the best version of you. No. (laughs) This was two guys out for their own gain, two grown men talking about why I should... I am coming in there and I am taking that main event spot at WrestleMania. I am going to be the world champion because nobody can stop me. I'm out for my own money, for my own gain, for my own legacy. Not, well, you need to bring your all because I don't want to beat a lesser than version than you. Like it's an anime fight. 
No. <laughs> Two grown men sorting out problems just like wrestling should be. And that was perfect for 30 seconds or a minute or however long they were back there. Yeah, they made most of it of their time out there. It, does it seem like they dropped the LA Knight AJ Styles thing? Hey, rightfully so. I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I was hearing people predicting that they're going to they're going to do that at WrestleMania. And I was like, please, no. And I like AJ Styles, but I don't think L.A. Knight. That seems like a downgrade for L.A. Knight at this point. Yeah, he to me, and I've said it for the past couple of weeks, his trajectory is the U.S. championship with Logan, because that's a huge fight that yeah. can really get people interested because people love L.A. Knight. And Logan is one of the people. Gen- he is one of the people that the crowd genuinely does not care for so yeah. you know yeah they, aj they, has no heat he doesn't did you see that little backstage segment he had aj i saw it, it as i skipped past it he was just brooding backstage just in the locker room it kind of reminded me of his 2014 run with tna i don't know mike you know i didn't watch TNA back then, but do you remember when he was the lone wolf? Like, yeah. Towards the end of his TNA run? That's what I was about to say. You talking about old lone wolf AJ Styles where he had that really, really, yeah. really good theme song. That theme was he. Yeah, he looked like a school shooter. He always had a hood on. <laughs> yeah, he was just brooding backstage. And I, I don't I don't know where they're going with AJ. <laughs> At least they're doing something with him. But now he's Probably going to have a match with Carl Anderson. I don't know who wants to see that, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I realistically, know. what what would you do with them? If, if it was you, you had the book, what would you do with AJ? I don't know if AJ is going to do anything in this WrestleMania. If I have the book. Well, that's fine. And I, I think I'm going to give him a little run in NXT. I think he can do well down there. He could help out the younger generation, have some matches with maybe a Carmelo or a Trick or, I don't know, the Ilya Dragunov. Have him, yeah, Ilya Dragunov. Get, they could have a one-on-one match, WrestleMania weekend. They could tear the house down. I don't think that's a bad direction for AJ to go in there. I wouldn't hate that and then maybe take him off three months and have him come back. Well, I don't know. If he starts really tearing the house down in... NXT, I could see him being maybe if he comes back a high level mid card guy. I don't know. It just depends on how they build it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause AJ right now is ice cold. We saw it when we were at the Rumble. He got the least, the least of any of all the reactions in that fatal four way. So I, I don't know, man. Send him for a little run in NXT. That's if I got the book. That's what I'm doing with him. Well, we shall see. The only other thing that uh, from this Drew and L.A. Knight segment I kind of want to talk about was L.A. Knight calling Drew old because L.A. Knight <laughs> is like four or five years older than Drew. Old timer. <laughs> so, I yeah, mean, not I mean, much is, there, but. He is an old timer. He's been around since. I mean, since I was since I was in the sixth grade, Micah, Drew McIntyre has been on this roster a long time. Yeah. He was there before Vince, when Vince was actually allowed to be on TV still. Oh, I thought you meant before Vince got to 
competition. <laughs> oh, he's not that old, Mike. Come on, man. No, but he has been there. I mean, he left and came back, which did numbers for his career. L.A. Knight doesn't look like he's 43, though, either. No. Drew kind of had the same trajectory Cody had. He left, got more over, and came back. Can't hate on that. But following that, the guy that I would like to see L.A. Knight face is Logan Paul, and he had a match after this versus The Miz for the United States Championship. And I uh, I don't really know what I expected for this one, but I'm not going to lie. It started a little bumpy. I thought it was good, though. It was. I thought it was largely made from the crowd interaction because the people got behind The Miz. The in-ring work rate fans probably won't love it. And, I mean, it wasn't. What's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't amazing, but it was an all right TV match. Yeah, this was Logan Paul's first TV match. And I thought he did well out there. Him and Miz worked. They worked the crowd. And the crowd was hot for this whole... The, the whole night, Salt Lake City was hot. Yeah, it's a good town. I just feel like in the beginning, I don't know if there was miscommunication or uh, maybe the elevation was getting to them. I don't know. It kind of seemed like he rattled himself or something. And then there's just this was bobbled or something wasn't in the way. I oh, I, I don't on. know. Maybe it was I, just me. I thought they had pretty good chemistry. I think you've been a little too too tough on them, man. I think after the commercial break, it was fine. But when they first started, it, uh, it was a little rough. Yeah. I'd say Miz has somehow surprised me how he's been able to mm. win over the fans again. Bro, Miz is talented. He's one of the best mic workers of the 21st century. I mean, it's not a surprise that he can win over the fans. I mean, I know, but he's a, I mean, he's a career heel. And I know he's been babyface before, don't get me wrong, but I guess it's just kind of, it wasn't like a build to it. It just, boom, Miz is a babyface. Organically, that shows the talent of, of Miz. Yeah, I sing the praises of Miz for a reason, Micah. I know, but it just, I'm not hating on it. I just no, feel it sounds like, like it you're hating. Wild. No, it sounds like you're hating. You, you're, jealous that you're, you're, you're jealous that your boy Nick Nimitz couldn't get the crowd oh, on his there side. There we go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You hate on Miz for no reason. Miz is hating. I, I wasn't hating. I was just saying that you, I saw you, bar- you buried his match, and now you're saying that I'm surprised the fans like him. No, you, but you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'm just saying it was like one promo. That's all you need when you're Mike Mizanin. That's all the promo time he needs. Remember when he buried Daniel Bryan, got him over as a heel even more. Well, all he needed was one promo with Gunther and got him over as a babyface. You mean needs. that clip that gets shared on Twitter at least like once every three months? A great clip, and everything turned out to be true. I didn't know at the time. I see now that coward Daniel Bryan went to the bingo Pickle. halls. Well, just saying. The only like uh, no, I, I really did think it was all right. I was about to say <laughs> one of the things that I, I liked about it 
There was a frog splash that Logan hit onto the Miz where the Miz was draped like kind of onto the apron. And yeah. I don't know. Ooh, I mean, yeah. it's something inventive. It's a rough bump. Yeah, that did look that looked pretty good, though. It's the hardest part of the ring I've heard just a couple times. I don't think I've. Are you sure? I don't know. I feel like I've heard that in passing. Rumors and in, in, innuendo. Really? Okay. All right. I'll make note of it. I didn't know that, though. Well, I don't really have a transition for this one, but. <laughs> Logan wins. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Logan wins, and you liked it a little bit more than I did, but something that I'll probably like a little bit more than you will is the arrival of Braun Breaker onto the main roster, SmackDown oh, specifically, God. was announced. You're, see, you're such a hater for Braun. I'm just, I've seen him, and I know what he can bring to the table. Hopefully he keeps Baron Corbin on NXT, because we don't want to see that on Friday. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Braun Breaker, welcome to SmackDown. Nick Aldis has been poaching all the NXT guys. Well, that's what I was about to say. For, well, first off, uh, let me let me back <laughs> this up before I hit you with this proposition. Why okay. do you hate Braun? I feel like this is this is next big next big thing. Brock Lesnar. I just don't see that. I don't see can't miss talent like a Brock Lesnar was. I, he's a he's he's a good talent. He's very athletic. His stuff looks good in the ring, but I don't know. His his just his gimmick doesn't do it for me, man. It just doesn't. I don't know. His mic work isn't up to par. It's, it isn't up to snuff. I think he needs a a good manager with him. Well, that's fine. That's what Paul's fixing to be. Well, he didn't have that in NXT. It was just him, and the crowd turned on him. Well, I mean, Brock's never been a I don't know Paul. aficionado on the mic. We had Paul. What about after Paul wasn't there? Well, he was established then. He didn't need Paul. I don't know. I feel like you you hate on Braun a little too much, especially to be as big of a Lesnar fan as you are or were. He, you can't. No, I'm still a Lesnar fan. <laughs> still a Lesnar fan. He didn't get <laughs> he didn't get called into court and get and nothing got proved, Micah. There was just rumors and innuendos at this point still. But you can't compare Braun Breaker to Brock Lesnar. The physical freak that Brock Lesnar is, was, is, they're not in the same ballpark. Braun Breaker to Brock Lesnar. I mean, I I mean, he's, I don't know. He hits the ropes like nobody else. Yeah, but he's like 5'10", Brock Lesnar 6'3", 270. Come on now. I mean, yes, but Braun's still a unit. I'm not saying he's as big of a unit as... Brock, but no, yeah, Brock was chiseled out of stone when he was 25, 26. He was a different type of beast back then. I, Braun, Braun's in great shape, but he's still like 5'10. A short king, what's wrong with that? Well, I'm just saying, when you when you when you have a persona that's a unbeatable beast, I mean, can you be 6'3", 6'4"? Is that too much to ask, Micah? What happened to my tall wrestlers? Do we not have tall wrestlers anymore? No. They all go to, I don't know, be all electricians. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, it's all the <laughs> it's all the microplastics in our diet. Oh, that's why we got name, image, and likeness going on at the PC now. 
We're getting a bunch of tall wrestlers up in here. Yeah. Oh, like my man, Oba Femi. He squashed Lexus King. I don't know if you've seen that, but he straight demolished him. No, I didn't catch that, but I yeah. I'm kind of shocked to hear that. I thought they had big plans for old Lexus. Well, he had a title opportunity, but all the Lex offenders were disappointed on Thursday night. All the feminists put down the Lex offenders. Um, <laughs> to, to close out the whole Braun thing, anyway, man, we really get on some tangents here. <laughs> also, 25-year-old Brock Lesnar is the only dude I've ever seen to have two pecs, like, split was, in half. Yeah, he was jacked. That was... It was a sight to behold. But anyways, um, am I the only one that kind of feels like this uh, influx of NXT talent signings is kind of at a weird time? It's like 50 days before WrestleMania, and typically the draft is like two to three weeks after that. Wouldn't you bring them in after? Well, maybe that's why they're doing it. Maybe to get it out of the way so you don't just... Have people pop up out of nowhere on the draft. At least, at least they're established first. I guess that's true, but are these guys signing like two-way deals? Three-month two-way deals? Well, you just, you know, you're out there when the most eyes on the product during the WrestleMania season. I'm surprised they didn't do it yeah, at least the night after Mania. That's usually when they when they do those big debuts, but I guess you can't have five debuts a night at the WrestleMania. So maybe maybe it is okay that they did it this way. It's different. It's very different. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be the norm. I mean, you know, Triple H is at the helm now, so we'll I see. I don't hate it either, and what I did not hate was, as I mentioned earlier, the main spectacle of SmackDown, the Bloodline segment with the Tribal Chief and... Is that the official term? The High Chief? Well, when he showed the little graphic about the family, he, he his name was right under High Chief. And he was anointed high, the High Chief by the something of Samoa. I forget, but Rocky is actually legit a High Chief. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Seeds are being sown. Well, yeah. We did see Jacob Fatu in that little graphic as well. So Yeah. Maybe. I wouldn't hate it. By no means. Though I don't know what happens to Solo, but we've we've talked about that before. Um the craziest thing about all this, and just the tagline that I wrote for the segment is The Rock is a member of the bloodline. Did we ever ever think that this would be the timeline that we saw for the eventual Rock versus Roman match. I never thought Rock would join the bloodline. I always thought he would be the one to dismantle it. But now that he is a part of the bloodline, it is great. <laughs> it's amazing television. <laughs> oh, I know people were hating it online for being corny oh, or God. whatever, but dude, I was riding on every word. I'm not going to say it was like The Rock's best promo, but just to see heel rock like live while I'm alive is an insane thing to see. I know that probably makes you feel old and probably some of our listener base feel old, but and the last time The Rock was consistently in WWE, I was like two. 
Oh, I was barely five when Rock was not, not even that. It was like four when he was consistently in the WWE limelight. He was a movie star pretty much three years into his run in WWE. So you got part Rock was part time in 01. He filmed the Scorpion King in 01. He uh, did more movie work in 02. And then by 03, he was officially just had one foot out the door. He was Hollywood Rock for maybe three months. And people look back on that run, but it really was short. Rock's run at the top was maybe five years altogether. Yeah, he debuted at the uh, Survivor Series 96, but he wasn't uh, like consistently on TV. I'm watching this. He just had a match where I'm at. It's February 1997 for the Intercontinental Championship with Triple H. That was like his first match on Raw. Yeah, yeah, but but Micah, it's he was a member of the roster in '96, but by '01 he was pretty much doing movies half the time. So I mean, his run as a a 24/7, 365-day WWE superstar. It was pretty much over by one. That is an insane. That's just like Stone Cold, though. His run on the top compared to the Cena's and Hogan's and Roman's is so minute. Yeah. I saw a stat the other day that Roman Reigns' title reign, the one that he's currently on, is longer than the entirety of the Attitude Era. Oh, my God. How crazy is that? That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's what I was telling Hannah the other day was like, she was like, well, how long do you think that they can ride this wave? And I said, well, historically, about three years. <laughs> That's probably what yeah. we'll get. Yeah. And yeah, so if I you mean, include 2023 as a high, we got two years till 2026, and it'll probably start to cool off. Yeah. Yeah, you can't stay hot forever, but we're going to enjoy the ride. And I'm I am so thankful. I am so lucky that we started this podcast when we did, because I got to be honest, we probably wouldn't have had this podcast after in about if, if we started this podcast in like 2018, Micah, we would have done it for like two months and it lost interest. Yeah, it was a very, very dark, dark time to be a wrestling fan in 2018, 2019. We somehow started this pretty much i mean i think the only the only time we could have started earlier would have been if we would have started in 2021 yeah yeah i I don't want to take credit for the boom period but we kind of did help not gonna lie i mean we were there for pretty much as soon as wwe started picking up some steam because like our fourth episode was vince retiring Yeah. So, you know, yeah. maybe we'll be mentioned in wrestling history more than John Moxley. Okay. All right. I'm listening. But anyways, um, so The Rock came out in his $500 vest, the shades <laughs> on inside, the full, he's in full gimmick, brother. And <laughs> I did, I do have to say it just because it kind of cracked me up. A commercial break in the middle of this segment was kind of insane. No, 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 Micah. They had a commercial break before this during Roman's entrance. So there's two commercial breaks. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. 
you gotta you gotta hit your times and stretch it, but you know, it's just This <laughs> is why they should have been on first, so we didn't have three commercial breaks. Exactly. Give me a commercial free first out. Well, they can't really do that with two hours. No, AEW does that. Yeah, they should have done a commercial free first hour. I don't know. They never done that on Fox. I don't know how that would go. Oh well, maybe they ain't got that cachet with the business, but yeah, I gotta mention piece because I know you were just probably over the moon. Um, the fans are so fickle, man, and it kills oh, yeah. me because they'll sit there and whine, and that's kind of what his promo was centered around. Was they'll whine <laughs> about Cody not getting the chance to finish his story, but then. They'll cheer the rock when his music hits and do all his catchphrases. Oh yeah, yeah. Sing, sing a long time with the rock. I mean, you stand with your with your savior, Cody Rhodes. So don't cheer me. And that's basically what Rock was saying. Yeah, and that's what if we were in that crowd, I would have been cheering the rock. But guess what I'd oh, be doing cool. if I was on Raw? I'm booing Cody. Oh yeah, yeah. We are not Cody crybabies here on the Scoop Slam podcast. No, we're not on the toilet tweeting, oh, Jay, we want Cody, <laughs> like The Rock says. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that did pop me, though. He had the crowd in the palm of his hands. They were hanging on every single word he was saying. It was, there's nobody, nobody, even if you think Rock isn't in his prime anymore, he doesn't have the same promo skills that he had. And 2000, Rock is still head and shoulders above anybody else on this roster on the microphone. Nobody else has crowd control like he does. Nobody. He's the the way I wrote it was, I mean, when guys have that gift of gab, you just don't lose it. Even if he's corny, he still can get his point across and make the fans. Like you said, they bite on every word. I mean, he's still knocking some rust off. You can tell because he's kind of getting twisted up on his words um, a couple times. But uh, there's still the rock somewhere down in there. Yeah. Yeah. This is PR brainwash rock. So I'm sure it's going to take some time, like you said, to knock off the rust. But this was his first heel promo in 21 years, Micah. Yeah. Hollywood Rock was 21 years ago. Jeez. Yeah, that's how old I am. And I, I'm sure he was waiting to get all, all this off his chest. I'm sure he's been, he's been just, I'm sure he's over the moon he gets to be healed. Well, like I said, who would have ever thought? I would have never thought that you could turn the Rock heel again. I mean, that just, as popular as he is, even if people don't like him for the Maui stuff or I don't I'm not a big fan of his acting skills, but when he comes on the freaking wrestling show, I'm over the moon. It's the rock. So yeah. it's a crazy time we're living in. Yeah, and he said he's gonna do everything in his power to make sure that Cody walks out out the out WrestleMania loser. So maybe we're getting Rock as a special guest enforcer for the, the night two main event. You think that's where they're heading? I could see it flexing his uh, TKO board power or whatever like they kind of played on at the press conference to force himself in the main event through being a special guest referee 
And then he kind of yeah. pulls a Tyson where, you know, he ends up screwing Roman and that builds to next year's WrestleMania. Because on or the Pat Roman. McAfee show, he said he's going to be in the ring at WrestleMania. But he didn't say, I don't, well, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he said in the ring at WrestleMania, not wrestling at WrestleMania. What if Rock, what if Rock costs Roman the match and it turns Roman babyface? Oh, God. I don't think that would happen. You don't think so? I don't think The Rock is more of a heel than Roman, especially if The Rock allies himself with Cody. Okay, well, what about this? What about this? What if Roman loses the match on night two, then the night after WrestleMania, Rock comes out, has Solo and Jimmy in the ring, and then you get a debut in Jacob Fatu. They start beating up Roman. That writes off Roman. And now you got heel rock with a new look bloodline. And then we build up to something for next year, WrestleMania. I, I wouldn't hate it. But I don't think that the rock would go for that because I think he wants to finish as a babyface. Well, it's not like he can't be babyface after the Roman match. He can shake hands with Roman afterwards, and then they'll turn him babyface instantly. Well, yeah, but then he's not going to have another match. But still, though, I mean, you you go out with the fans cheering you, though. But I think heel rock with a power struggle against babyface Triple H throughout the year, and then we build to a rock Roman match at next year's WrestleMania. I think that would be pretty good, and Roman. Has done all he could he can as a heel at this point, Michael. He's been heel for almost five years at this point. There's a baby face in there waiting to break out. I mean, I agree with you. And while I think that would make for extremely compelling television, I just don't think that's where they're gonna go. No, well, I mean, Rock I would is love take to be proven wrong. Rock. I hope so. Rock is taking us on this ride, man, so I hope you're buckled up. Yeah, I'm buckled and seated, ready to go. Yeah. But uh, the only knock I have Uh about this... Oh, here we go. My bone of contention is that he said that Cody has to earn his way back. Yeah, he does. Didn't he kind of do that by winning the Royal Rumble? That don't mean Jack. How? <laughs> it's The Rock. Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes. If Rock wants to come back and be the main event, you're going to let Rock be the main event. But he won the Royal Rumble. Man. There's another title on the other show. Go that way. See, you this is... I feel like if Rock was in the Rumble, this would have maybe been just a little bit better. How so? Well, I just think it would have made more sense where it's like, you know, Rock is saying, well, you didn't earn it in the Royal Rumble because, I mean, I don't know. There could be some bullcrap reason or something or, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe not. 
I just well, feel like the bone of contention being, well, you didn't earn it, doesn't make sense because he won the Royal Rumble. So that kind of makes him seem like a delusional heel, which yeah. is a... What's wrong with that? I mean, I guess you could go with that direction. Like, Roman or Rock thinks he's a bigger star so that he's delusional enough to think that the Royal Rumble doesn't matter. Yeah, heels are supposed to lie, Micah. That's what heels do. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered a lot of people online. Oh, that doesn't make sense. Bro, he's a delusional heel. That's what delusional heels do. They lie. They cheat. And that's what Rock was doing in this promo. Do they steal? Well, I, well, they can't do all that. I mean, there's only <laughs> one guy that can do all that, Mike. Yeah, that's very true. But I did think to close this one out, it was a very good segment. I was sports entertained, regardless of what anybody else thinks, um, that Rock is lame or corny or this doesn't make any sense. Um, I, it, it don't matter. He's in the ring. And when he's in the ring, I'm watching. And if I'm not watching live, then something's something's going on because I make a point to watch the show live at this point, um, which is how WWE feels. I mean, so much of it feels like I need to watch this today or right now because I might miss out on something. But does AEW feel like that? I mean, I hate to take a great moment and knock it, but... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I remember last week you told me to watch something on Dynamite. And, bro, I put it off for so long. We put it off for so long that we just finally said, you know what? We'll just watch this week's Dynamite and forget that that one ever happened, the one last week. Because, again, there's nothing on there. If you miss it, are you really missing anything? I mean, we had some talking points, but... Is anyone that's going to listen to this show going to be remiss if we don't talk about last week's Dynamite? No, probably not. If we didn't talk about The Rock and Roman Reigns on SmackDown, what the heck else are we talking about? (laughs) The biggest story of the week. Yeah. So, I don't know. The, The closing thought I had was, do you think there was any sign or uh, foreshadowing, perhaps, with the rock holding up kind of the finger gun instead of the singular point. I don't know. Maybe you just didn't know the, their gimmick. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like the whole gimmick. Well, he probably, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was in the moment. He forgot what their symbol was. Well, I mean, it's not like he can, not like he can look up to the sky and see what else they're doing. I mean, that would be hilarious if he did that, but he just, he was in the moment, Micah. He did what was right. What he felt was right in the moment. And that's guns up. Obviously, he's fans of the Bang Bang Gang. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Oh, well. Do you think... You know how Cody, when he wins, well, especially when he won the Royal Rumble, he kind of did the gun to... He did that as an homage to... Oh, God. Rock is a part of the elite now, huh? No, I'm just saying, do you think that could be a... A sign that he is on Cody's side. It's a possibility. Very po- it's very possible. I just hope they do something that we're not expecting. Yeah. And I mean, th- what we're all expecting is the Rock cost Roman. And then 
join Cody Rose in, in the babyface department. And I want them to do something that has never been done before. I wouldn't hate it. Like I said, I mean, it nonetheless, it would make for compelling television. And the way that this is going right now, I would hate for Rock to only be on like two more SmackDowns as a heel. And then he's just back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So what, what's kinda, your overall... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I would kind of like to... If he's going to knock this rust off of being a heel, I would like to at least see it played out just a little bit longer. What's your overall grade on the promo? Promo? Um, Where are you going with it? I think this is I a, solid it a, a solid A, my, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, an 8. Um, maybe a 7.8, something like that. But, I mean, yeah, do you have a couple bobbles? Sure. But, I mean, the people just eat out of his hand. It's the same way when Punk grabs a mic. Like, everybody shuts up because they want to listen to it. And even if the fans were what chanting him, it didn't bother him. And he kind of <laughs> played into it back with them. So, yeah. Jimmy was laughing. In the background, I don't know if you caught that, but he couldn't contain his laughter. He rocked no. straight up, cooked Salt Lake City. <laughs> I didn't see him laughing, but I will say some of the funniest things I've ever like. Me and Hannah uh, a couple weeks ago on TikTok, it was showing like all the clips of the bloodline cracking up, and she was crying at Jey Uso trying to contain his laughter when Sammy was still in the bloodline. So <laughs> I, those are always the best moments to me. Smackdown cooking right now. Smackdown is cooking. Yeah, you, I've always been a fan of the blue brand. And we talked about it the other day with this Braun signing and everything. After the draft, I would love for them to become a younger work rate brand and kind of let some of those stars be on raw i'm fine if the bloodline stays but you know give me the bronze the jade uh keep carmelo austin theory let me think i'd put la knight on raw put put sammy on smackdown maybe even drew yeah tiffany Tiffany Stratton almost killed Zelina Vega in their match on SmackDown. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I didn't. Tiffany Stratton shouldn't be hitting that moonsault if she can't hit it right. She she could have broke Zelina Vega's arm by landing on it wrong. She was Zelina Vega was too far out. She tried to do that moonsault she does. You can tell that she's still a little green. I mean, it's a good-looking moonsault, but I didn't see it. She put a Sammy and tried to bust her nose. Uh, yeah, just about. Yeah, she had her too far, too far out, and she hit her the her legs hit Zelina Vega's like arm full. Like there was no cushion; it was just straight on. Like usually in a moonsault, you know, you land a little bit off of the person's midsection, but no, she hit her. She her Zelina Zelina Vega's arm was out, and Tiffany Stratton's shins. Selena Vega's arm like dead on. I don't know if you ever seen Kurt Angle's moonsault on Hardcore Holly where he legit broke Hardcore Holly's arm on a moonsault just like that. But yeah, it just gave me bad flashbacks. Mm. Well, I mean, she's still rough around the edges, but I think for the most part, she'll be fine. 
But speaking of a show that is typically rough around the edges, but for the most part, fine. That moves us to Monday Night Raw from February 19th, uh, 2024. And to start us off, a huge match that I would not have expected to have been the opener. The challenger for Roman Reigns Championship, Cody Rhodes, versus the favorite for the Elimination Chamber, Drew McIntyre. And... That's a doozy, which is crazy because six months ago, Drew was cold as ice facing Seth, and now he is hotter than ever, and right here they just put more coal on the fire. Yeah. Yeah, you knew it was going to be a a good match when they had that stare down at the beginning. You just knew, because the crowd was electric when they had that little stare down, and they were in a sold-out arena, too. It was an electric atmosphere for the Drew-Cody match. Yeah, they had a sold-out house in Salt Lake City, I believe. A 9,000-seat, or 9,000-attendance house show, and then followed that up with a sold-out Raw in Anaheim. Yeah. So the crowds are electric right now, which, again, is another thing that when you turn on that channel and you watch Raw, it just feels... Alive. It doesn't feel that way when you watch AEW. And I'm not trying to just sit here and be like, well, you know, keep piling crap on them. But I'm just saying so many elements of WWE right now feel fresh. And I don't mean to glaze, but one of those was the beginning package pause before this match started. What was the package of? They ran basically just kind of telling the story. Um, what oh. brought Cody here? What brought Drew here? And it tied everything together and told you what you know they were searching for on their road to WrestleMania. And again, I don't mean to just sit here and glaze, but Kevin Dunn. Oh, stay gone. Yep, don't let the door hit you on the way out, buddy. These guys the- have a lot of history together too. Like you said earlier, they have a lot of the same run. Yeah. Because even when Drew came in, he was the next generation or something. What did they call him? He was um, uh, the chosen one. That's it. The chosen one. Yeah. And so, I mean, even with Cody, a lot of people thought, well, it's the son of Dusty. You know, I'm sure he'll turn out to be good, and they were undesirable and now undeniable because they put on the match of the week. And like I said, they're probably both going to be in the main event of both nights of WrestleMania. So they've got really good chemistry, like you said, and if they were to lock up for a world title, I think it'd be even better. Yeah, really good match, too. Yeah, Drew just picked him up like a sack of potatoes um, a little into the match, drove him through the mat on a sit-out powerbomb, and it just... Drew right now has so much momentum, it's insane. And to end up, after following this match, be the second person to beat Cody in his run since he's came back... Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, a little foreshadowing, because I'm sure that's going to set him up for a 
Drew, I mean, I'm sure it's going to set Drew up for Elimination Chamber win. Yeah, I don't, which I mean, hey, card subject to change. There's never a sure thing in wrestling, but I don't see them giving it to anybody else. No, they, they, they really shouldn't. Maybe you can work in Sammy somehow, but I don't think it needs him at that point. That's Drew's title. Drew is going to win the world title at WrestleMania. He is the the best guy going on Raw because I'm sure Cody's going to jump to SmackDown once he wins the WWE title. So, yeah, Drew needs to win this world title, and he's finally going to get his run, which I'm sure he's over the moon about because when he did get his run as world champion, the world was in a pandemic. Everybody was at home. There was no live audience. Never got to enjoy his title reign in front of actual people. Yeah, and if, you know, I know I hated on him a couple weeks ago, but I'm back on the Drew train because, like I said, and I told you this in the car on the way back from Royal Rumble, if they do something to build him up, he will be enjoyable again, and he has been extremely um, must-see TV. He had great promos leading up to the Royal Rumble. He's had great promos since with the whole punk thing, um, and a great match here up until... The eventual interference, but he still ends up getting the win. But I do want to counter you. I think that he will go to SmackDown. I think Cody's going to stay on Raw. Mm, possibility. I just think that he's going to win the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, regardless of anything. Well, there's never a sure thing in wrestling, but I would bet money that Drew picks it up. Well, unless... He won't re-sign that contract, and he probably will lose. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're going to assume that he re-signed, and all that's a smokescreen because they haven't been letting a lot of stuff leak out as much lately in the new TKO regime with Triple H. Yeah, which is ultimately better for the product because the less we know, the better. Yeah, yeah, and great, great character work here by Drew. The bloodline interferes on his behalf, and that was his whole point of turning heel was that the bloodline screwed him out of opportunity. He never got his other chance, and now the bloodline's helping him out to win the qual. Was that a- no? That wasn't qualify. But beat Cody Rhodes in the in the match on Raw. He let the bloodline interfere, and he had no problem with it. So, I mean, I thought it was good good character development here by Drew McIntyre. Yeah. And speaking of character development, following this was a very serious uh, tone change for the show. It was mm. the truth line segment. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm with you. You took the bait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> I really don't even know what to say because this is so stupid, but it's so great at the same time that it works. There's a special mix in wrestling that you have to hit, and this is one of them. But a couple quotes that I really liked out of this were it was special. Like John Cena putting on jean shorts for the first time. Or, which I know you haven't watched The Sopranos, but when he said, remember when the Ducks left Tony Soprano? Damian Priest was my Ducks. But I'm sure 
I'm sure when he said that, I was like, oh, Mike is going to have, he's probably cr- cracking up at this joke right here. Oh, it, it popped me because, I mean, I was, it was a deep cut. Plus, I just watched you, that show. Yeah, I was about to say he just watched all of it. But, I'm man, if this was anybody else, I don't think it would work. But something about truth and his comedic timing and the fact that he's somehow 50 and only looks like he's like 42. Um, the dude... I, I don't even know what to say at this point. He has somehow remained relevant and gotten more over than the Judgment Day was previous. Yeah, and it's insane to see because he's been a fixture on this roster for a very long time. He was in the company in the year 2000, Micah, if you want to think of it like that. And now here he is in 2024 on one of the the biggest angles they're running right before WrestleMania. That is insane. And I mean, it's goofy. And most of the time I tear goofy stuff apart on this show, but I don't know, I guess because it's fresh, it's not like extremely played out. Cause I know there's people out there that are like, there's no way that you like this and you don't like Cassidy, but Cassidy's actually good at it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say all that. I'm saying the Cassidy joke to me was played out. Like I'm not gonna lie, the first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, okay, you know that." I get it. It's kind of funny. I laughed, but then it just kept on and kept on. And you can try and convince me that there's been character development, but his <laughs> character development just looks like bad TV. The truth stuff is corny, but at least it's well put together, and it's not insulting in the ring. And he's actually funny. Yeah. My point. Uh, Orange Cassidy is not. I don't understand what the audience enjoys or laughs when he when he when he says promos. I hear laughter in the building. Like, is there a joke that he's saying that I, maybe I got to get a new TV? Like, I'm just it's not translating in my living room. It's, fu- it's just funny because he's so nonchalant. Oh, okay. All right. He was nonchalant the week before. He's <laughs> <laughs> been nonchalant for like five years now. Maybe you got to watch the BTE segment. So they still do that? Oh, no, they don't that? do that anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I thought this was well put together. And it just cracked me up. They had the whole music and Kathy Kelly doing the whole. Oh, whoa. Jackie Redman, excuse you. Oh, well. How dare you? Know. you. Everybody's Kathy Kelly backstage, Micah. Well, what? It's She is one of the backstage interviewers, right? She is, but you know, Jackie Redman. How dare you? Don't despair is the good name know. of Jackie Redman. Well, uh, excuse me. No, Samantha I, I Irving is the ring announcer. Yeah. Okay. They got Byron Saxton back there. He's there, yeah. Okay. I don't ever remember seeing Jackie Redman before this segment. Problem be honest, I just I'm I got the the show wrote up here. That's the only reason I knew who it was. Because I'm looking at the the write up of the show. I didn't know who that was either. I just I cannot remember her in a single backstage segment. But anyways, this was very well put together. And following this was 
the match that ensued after, which was R-Truth, The Miz, and Degeneration X versus <laughs> The Judgment Day. <laughs> what, is something yeah. wrong, Ryan? No, 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 but, but I love DX, man. Oh, okay. I just, I yeah. thought so. No, yeah. Um, I, I mean, this was more of a gimmick match, I guess. Like, it was purposely kind of put together just for truth to pop the crowd. Which, I gotta say, that also plays into this whole thing. The crowd loves our truth And so that instantly makes it more over in like or more acceptable i guess he had him rocking in anaheim he was getting same reaction cody was getting out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying like say what you want to if it's goofy or whatever but sometimes goofy just works because the people love it yeah it made the end of this match really 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 good just by the crowd interactions alone well that was my only that was my only thing I didn't like. I feel like the finish felt a little flat. You didn't like the finish? I mean, I don't know. I guess it just didn't have like a build to it. What? Well, he hit him with the South of Heaven, and then that's all she wrote. Well, yeah, but I felt like there should have been like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I was just missing something. Like, Truth almost was about to win. He did. I mean, he, yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. You gave I, up on him already. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I, I, it's been a couple days since I've watched it, but it just felt like, okay, well, the Judgment Day's he, beating him up, and he's going to eventually have fire, and then they're going to cut his legs out from under him. Well, he almost... He almost hit the attitude adjustment. The crowd was going insane, and then Priest oh, got out of it. No, come on. That's his hero, John Cena. He grew up watching him as a kid. But he tried to hit him with the attitude adjustment, and then Priest slipped out of it, hit him with the south of heaven. Looked up at the lights for three seconds. Micah, that was perfect. What, what else do you want? I just felt, I'm, okay, maybe I looked at it the wrong way. I thought that the Judgment Day was, like, beating him up, and then... Priest hit him with the South of Heaven, and then that was all she wrote. But I I thought maybe he would have kept back up, and then they would have cut his legs off. Or am I misremembering how that took place? I think you're misremembering. But, Micah, this was a great eight-man tag match, in my personal opinion, because the crowd made it great. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the people... At the end of the day, this is a business of crowd reactions. And if you're over, it's going to show. And Truth, while as goofy as he may be, has continuously gotten himself over. And I think, just like the business, this is probably the hottest he's been in a long time. Yeah. Guys like him and guys like Miz still being in a prominent position all these years later. That's that's something. That's that's It's pretty amazing. Especially when you consider a bunch of other guys barely get three or four year runs. And then you got Miz and R-Truth almost 20 years in WWE. 40 years combined in WWE together. Pretty and crazy. I know people, yeah, it is. And I know people might be pissed that, because I've seen some hate comments like, 
you you have the creeds and DIY right there, but your WrestleMania tag team title match is going to be awesome. Truth versus the Judgment Day, and it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. It is going to be them because they're over. Yeah, they they'll have their time in the sun in the future, but right now you go with what's hot and what deserves to be on the card, and the creeds and DIY. Do they really deserve a spot on the WrestleMania card? Probably not. Probably nope. not. But, hey, Micah, what might be on the WrestleMania card is UFC star Michael Chandler versus Conor McGregor. Uh, did you see this segment right after the, the eight-man tag match, man? I did see it, but I don't know if it's going to oh. be on the WrestleMania card. It's interesting, needless <laughs> to say. I don't know that strategically put the WrestleMania sign right behind Chandler, and which I did not know who that was at all. I didn't know who that was. I texted you immediately. I'm like, bro, they got UFC guys on the show now. Well, you know, I'm a bigger fan than you are, but I had to remind you of how he absolutely obliterated Tony Ferguson, and then you oh, quickly remembered. Yeah, that piece <laughs> of garbage. But he cut a pretty good promo here. Is he always yeah, like that? Yeah, he's always been a a fiery kind of guy, and that's how his fights are too. Like he just him and Justin Gaethje had a really good fight a couple of years ago. Um, they legitimately just stood there and punched each other. Just started swinging to see who was going to go down first. Now, granted, it only went like three rounds, and I think he lost, but still, <laughs> just the gall. And a couple months ago, they had uh, Ultimate Fighter, which is, you know, kind of like the equivalent of Tough Enough. But Connor was a coach and Chandler was the opposing coach. And this has kind of been a um, back and forth rivalry and like a proposed fight that hasn't gotten signed. And then... Months ago as well, UFC cut ties with USADA, who does the drug testing. Mm. Which, if you believe the UFC dirt sheets, was because Connor couldn't ever get cleared by USADA because you have to be in the testing pool for six months before you can even be booked for a fight. Mm. So in turn... Yeah. A good way to get out of that would be to do something. Like I said, they don't deal with USADA anymore, but maybe something at WrestleMania, a cage fight. It would get huge eyes. I don't know that the UFC or Dana White would be willing to do that, but I could yeah. see a face-off at WrestleMania. I think the UFC fans would be mad and the WWE fans would be mad because... Both fan bases should not co-mingle because both fan bases do not like each other. You got guys that are strictly UFC fans that take take time out their day to always disparage anything pro wrestling related. And then you got hardcore wrestling fans that don't want to see a, you know, the average UFC fight, Micah, is going to be, you know, it's going to be a decision. It's not, not a lot of action. Not well, every... Not these two. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. But still, though, 
you can't put a real fight in the middle of a wrestling card. That's just a recipe for disaster, just like the Brawl for All was. When you put real fights in the middle of a wrestling card, it looks really, really dumb. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, especially when you go... If you have these guys do a cage fight, and then you come back right after that and do a wrestling match, it looks goofy. And what if it's boring? (laughs) Well, you you do run that possibility. Yeah, because you can't fix it. You remember what the crowd, how the crowd treated Ronda versus Shayna? Oh God, yeah, but that was bad. But still, though, they they worked that, and it still stunk. But yeah, but nobody, everybody knew Ronda was leaving, and nobody cares about them. Conor McGregor's a star still, even with all the allegations. But still, though, don't you think it's a recipe for disaster to co-mingle those fan bases? True, but. I mean, if they had a face-off at WrestleMania, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, Yeah, I can see it happening. I just don't know if I want it to happen, you know? I think we should keep those those particular products far, far away from each other. I mean, it's okay to run a commercial maybe here or there on the product, but to have somebody call out somebody else... I don't know if I I don't know if we need that on WWE television. I mean, he cut a good promo. I give him that. Even worked the little catchphrase in at the end. See you at the top. Did, was that his? Is that his catchphrase, Micah? Oh, I honestly don't know. I think. Oh, come on, man! You're the UFC guy, man. Well, I I'm kind of a little more out of it now than I used to be, but I think that if. If Connor ever wanted to make the jump, which he's got a load of problems and uh yeah. he hasn't he hasn't fought in two years, right? Yeah, something like that. And I'm not even talking about health problems, I'm talking about more allegations, attitude problems, drug problems. These are all rumors, like I said. I don't know that WWE would bite for somebody like that, but man, he would make a great wrestler. Oh, I'm not even now. talking about in the ring. I'm talking about promo ability. Man. You don't think WWE would make it work? Bro, they had Mayweather on television. They had Mike Tyson on television when they... Well, Mayweather never had a drug problem, but still, he had... Yeah, I think he beat up his wife. Mayweather did. And Tyson, he just got out of prison when he did that thing with Austin. So I, I don't think that matters. Uh, if there's money to be made, WWE's gonna going to make it work. Even Chandler, I would say, like, you know, if he wanted to step away, he's a very athletic guy. He's kind of undersized for a wrestler. Um, he might be like 5'8", well, but he's still a shoot fighter, and he's, he's I mean, you saw that promo. He's not going to bring in the fan base that Conor McGregor is going to bring in. No, by no means, but he would be a valuable asset, I think. I I think you would waste resources getting him involved. If there's no Connor, I don't know if I'm bringing in Chandler by himself. Well, I don't know. I would. I don't think Connor would make the towns. That's the thing. I don't know that he would be there all the time. Like even with a Logan schedule, I don't know that he would do that. But dude, I would love to see Connor McGregor in the ring with. I'm not talking about like 
wrestling. I don't really know how that would work, but <laughs> just on the mic, the presence alone would be crazy. Him and Punk in a, a promo back and forth. That'd be pretty. Oh, that'd be God. pretty cool. That'd be pretty. That cool. would be great. And he could make fun of Punk getting actually beat up, and they could have like a, a match. Yeah, only if Punk goes over though. Well, yeah, can't Mayweather. Not Mayweather. You can't have McGregor come in and beat CM Punk. Uh, anyways, let's let's get off the hypotheticals and close out Raw. Um, the only other two things we got to talk about. I wanted to talk about the Becky Lynch and other women promo because there was like five other women that ended up coming out and being involved with this. It stunk. Stunk. Oh. Becky. Stonk. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany Becky... stonk. Oh, that hers was really bad. But to me, did it feel like, I mean, I, we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we didn't talk about Raw last week. Did it feel like she cut the same exact promo as last week before being like, interrupted? Like she was wearing the same clothes, too. Yeah, it did. It felt just like. Last week's promo said everybody interrupted. Yeah. What's really funny too is she mentioned that backwards hat. And I wrote this last week was it's a weird pet peeve, but I don't like backwards hats. I'm hardly liking on guys, but if a girl is wearing a backwards hat, I don't know why. It's just, it gives me the ick. Particularly 37 year old women. I mean, (laughs) you can't be that old wearing a backwards hat. Come on now. Yeah, I just, I don't go for it. But even like a sky blue, she would wear it. That one's flat bill too, so it makes it worse. I don't know. Flat bills are 2014. (laughs) You and your flat bills, man. You hate flat bill hats with a passion. I do. Something about it. I just don't. It feels like swag era. Whoa, whoa. That was a a good era. What do you mean? Yeah, but it's it's like painfully 2014. Like Tyga. That was a good year, Micah. Don't disparage the name the, the good year of twenty fourteen. I wasn't saying world. that, but you got the fashion choices just like the two thousands. That's not a is that a bad thing, Micah? I'm not gonna let you I'm not gonna let you bury twenty fourteen like that. So you were a big fan of the swag YOLO era? Well of course. Of course. I had my skinny jeans, Micah. I used to jerk all the time. I mean, come on now. Oh, Hold on now. Well, well, I'm just more ways than one, but still, Micah, 2014 <laughs> was a was a was a great year, rivaled only by 2016. Ah, uh, well, you got me there. 2016 was peak, uh, just just life. Everything. Yeah, Everything. man, the music was good. The finals were good. The economy was all right. <laughs> Football was good. We had Alabama on top. Yep. And a yeah. classic game too, that Georgia game. Yeah, yeah. No, wait, no, they play Clemson. Oh, that's right. Georgia was twenty eighteen. I always get yeah, that yeah. mixed up. Um. Anyways, enough reminiscing. Yeah. Backwards yeah. hats. <laughs> Becky Lynch was in the ring, and I, the only thing I can think of when she cuts a promo, I first off, I don't know how the man got over because uh, this just doesn't work for me. But she feels like the dog in the daredevil mask meme. You know what I'm talking about? 
No, I don't know. <laughs> no, come Describe on. Describe it to our listeners. Okay, so basically, it's just this meme where Daredevil, the Marvel hero, wears a mask, okay. and somebody put one on their dog, and people send it if somebody says something like, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If, say you were in a store, and you did something, and some guy was like, oh, you better watch out, buddy. You don't know who you're messing with. You would put, like, the Daredevil mask. It would dog. Oh, I'll okay, send you the okay. picture. No, yeah, I just, I pulled it up. Yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, it's like some, oh, like, forced mean face. Yeah, it's like a fake, tough guy, like, oh, I'm so scared yeah. of you. That's how I feel about Becky. Like, nothing is believable. You're gonna take meat for this online, Micah. Really? Is is there that uh, you? Okay, so I'm on Twitter, but typically I don't watch the live shows. But you're more on like the Reddit, and I know that's kind of a more individual post thing, which I guess Twitter is too. But uh, whatever. Do people vouch for her online in that space? People still call her the greatest women's wrestler of all time. What? No. Yeah, people still do. Main event of WrestleMania, unified the titles. Uh, she she was a, she was a big deal in her day. I don't know why, because it felt forced back then to me. But she did get over. She did main event WrestleMania, and you can't take that away from her. But I, yeah, this this wasn't it. This this whole. This whole promo exchange was garbage, in my opinion. She's not even the best of the four horsewomen. No. Well, well, maybe she is. I don't know. Well, don't disparage the good name of Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte's hated online, man. She was 14-time women's champion for no reason. Has no memorable reigns. Has no memorable feuds. She felt she was Roman Reigns for a long time. Exactly. No, I mean that in a bad way. The Roman Reigns that was forced down everybody's throat. Nah, Charlotte to me is the greatest women's wrestler of all time. I know that's an extremely like just flaming hot take, but she can always go. She may be kind of a boring TV wrestler, but if you ask her to strap on her working boots, for a pay-per-view match or a PLE match, she's there. She's got the most reigns. People know who she is. Whatever. People might hate her, but, I mean, who else? I don't like Becky. I don't really care for her promos, and she's she's good in the ring for the most part. Bailey, I miss most of her run, but since I've been back, she's good, but not greatest of all time. Sasha, I missed a lot of that run. Even when she's been here, I mean, it's been good, but it's not world-changing. I mean, who else are we talking about here? A Trish Stratus, Lita, those in the conversation? I'd put Charlotte I, over all of them. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know if Charlotte can... As much as I do not enjoy the man gimmick that Becky Lynch has, Charlotte's gimmick and Mike work has been absolutely horrible for nine years that I've been watching her. So I don't know if I can put her in that greatest of all time tier. I mean, I know she's good in the ring, but her 
her mic work is absolutely terrible mic. Garbage. Well, yeah, but I mean, and she was forced down everybody's throat. Like she always was in the main event scene. Well, who? Okay, let me ask you this then. Aside from Bailey, or aside from Becky, who in the women's division in the past is just renowned for their great mic work? Great mic work? Uh, we can't talk about current ladies. We can talk about current or past. I think Rhea's pretty good. Bianca's well, yeah. okay. I think that's that's exactly why I think that Rhea Ripley will go down as the greatest women's wrestler of all time. I have no doubt in my mind. Barring injury, it will be her. Until Ava Rain makes her debut. Oh, God, get out of here. It's either her or Bianca. And Ava I Rain? say that as somebody who used to be a Bianca hater. But Bianca is great on the ring. And she classed up the entire ring when she got out there on the mic because everybody else stunk. Yeah, she got a huge reaction coming out. Yeah, she's good, dude. Like, that's the thing. That's why I tell people all the time if people are like, I don't like Bianca. I didn't either. But if you watch the product consistently, you'll see that she's really good. Like, she won me over. Yeah, people that don't like Bianca, most of them, I don't know, it feels... I don't want to be that guy, but it kind of feels underlying racist to me because they'll mention, oh, she's ghetto. Like, what, what, is, what do you mean by that? What, what does that mean? Oh, well, you know, she has that hair thing. What? I, I, I don't understand what, how she talks. No, you just, maybe you just don't like black people, man. That's, just <laughs> go ahead and say that. I just mean, say it. call a spade a spade here on the Scoop Slam podcast. I'm just saying. Like, she did class up the joint. I didn't like her before because I didn't actually watch her work like in the ring. I will admit, I thought the braid thing was weird for a grown woman to be twirling her braid around. And then the EST thing just didn't make sense to me. I like the braids used as a weapon in a lot of big matches. Yeah. Well, now... That I watched, again, some of her matches and stuff, and, you know, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. And when we've went to shows before, I've seen legit, like, children that have braids. Oh, yeah. They love her. Oh, yeah. She's huge with kids. So that, too, I was like, well, you know, that's a good underlying baby face thing. And then yeah. the EST thing grew on me because it is kind of inventive when you think about it. And then she's just like probably the best women's wrestler they have right now. Aside from yeah. Rhea. It's 1A, 1B. Yeah, they're the Steve Austin Rock of the women's division. Yeah, that's a good way to think about that. Yeah, it's going to be a huge match when they finally have a one-on-one -on -one match because they've been holding that off. They haven't had one. When they finally do, it's going to be a huge deal. I would love for Bianca to win the chamber instead of Becky. Wow. Wow. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that was what I wrote on here. I got a hot take. Oh, man. The winner okay. should not be Becky. Oh, man. I don't think that would ha that's going to happen, but I would love to see it happen. I think... 
what would be better long term for Becky is to have her keep losing. You just don't want her to win. <laughs> no. I mean, you're not wrong. But I'm saying if she kind of goes on the Seth run where oh, God. she know. keeps. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is she keeps hitting roadblocks and hitting roadblocks and she can't ever win the big one. Then finally, when she does, it'll be better. And I would rather see Bianca uh, and Rhea this year. But I understand why they're going to hold that off for the future if they choose to. Yeah. I really just don't want to see Becky. I don't want to see it either, but I do believe that Triple H is going to make it right because he did leave Trish and Becky off the SummerSlam card when it was going like mid feud. When everybody thought that that was a sure thing for SummerSlam, and it, he caught a little flack for it online, so I think he's gonna he's gonna make good by having Becky and Rhea as one of the the uh, women's title match at WrestleMania. I completely forgot that was this year, like this WWE year, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, they had a good blow off match, but the feud was eh, kind of mid. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's move on to the main event. We're running a little long, and we still got to talk about Dynamite. But the main event of Monday Night Raw was for the Intercontinental Championship, the longest reigning champion, the Ring General Gunther versus main event Jey Uso. And honestly, just the premise of this match was something that I loved, the way they built it, or the psychology, I guess, because... Majority of the match, Gunther was dominating, as he should. He's this just kind of unstoppable force that nobody can seem to uh, get a hold of. And, you know, he dominated because Jay is a largely unexperienced singles guy. He's been with Jimmy most of his career, and so he shouldn't have the upper hand really at all he should have quick flashes and that was the way that they built this match up and i thought it was a really good main event if cody and drew didn't lead off this would have been the match of the night yeah it was really good crowd was insane for this whole match they threw some gnarly chops at each other like gunther's yeah. chops were they were loud there was one specifically when he knocked Jay down, like when Jay was firing up, and I was, it, I, it knocked the wind out of me. I was just like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gunther, Gunther always has these main event matches on Raw that are really, really good. And that's one of the reasons I made him my wrestler of the year for 2023. And he did it again, knocked out the part with this match. Yeah. And like you said, the fans were going crazy, especially anytime Jay would catch fire. Um, but to close this one up, they had the Jimmy interference where he messes with the bell. And I got to admit, you know, we had interference with the beginning and the final match of the show. But I thought it was at least creative how this one ended. That's not something you see all the time. And I feel like yeah. they knew ahead of time to do something like that, considering they had two run-ins. Yeah. He may, Jay may have used a little too many spears for my liking, but I did like well, how they ended the match. He used like five spears. But yeah, I did like how he, uh, Jimmy, I liked how Jimmy used the bell towards the end. 
I believe he was wearing a hoodie, so I wasn't sure who that was, Micah. Oh God, I, just like solo. I didn't, know who that was. <laughs> I didn't know who that was, man. Where's the hoodie? I always get cracked up because um, there's this tweet that goes around every time Solo interferes in a match, and it's just a uh, "Why do you keep wearing that hoodie? We know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> You're not fooling anybody." <laughs> Which is funny because that was pretty much what you said at the Rumble too. I mean, <laughs> just just run out at this point. Good lord! Yeah, this is the the third time Jimmy has cost Jay a title. He cost him the tag titles with Cody. He cost him the world title with Roman, and now he cost him the IC title with Gunther. So Jay could have been a Grand Slam champion this year if not for. For Jimmy. Jeez, I didn't even think about that. How many title shots he's had. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, honestly, this is obviously building to Jimmy versus it Jay. It. it needed it. It needed yeah. some more heat. Because it's been largely untouched, other than like they had the kind of beginning of Royal Rumble thing, but then they didn't do anything about it. I would really like, which I know this would maybe throw kind of a wrench in the whole Rock thing. I would like if they do what you said months ago. Trade Jimmy to Raw and trade Cody to SmackDown. Hmm. I guess they could do that still. I mean, you know how the parameters of the brand get. <laughs> do we have a brand split at this point? I Is mean... Still a thing? Are we sure? <sighs> Yes and no and maybe. <laughs> I'm I'm question I'm questionable at this point. I don't hate it. I like to see the big stars, but why even have this draft or this brand split? We're not gonna stick to it. Yeah, well, it always gets muddy around WrestleMania, which some of that you can blame on the Elimination Chamber qualifying matches, but no, usually there's a SmackDown Elimination Chamber and a Raw Elimination Chamber, and. If there's a SmackDown Elimination Chamber, you don't have Raw guys, but it's they, we got a co-branded Elimination Chamber. What what is this? This never happens. Well, LA I'm fine Knight, with it because the SmackDown champions already declared for. So what are the SmackDown guys supposed to do? Just sit in catering? Well, you didn't get a chamber this year, buddy. I don't know. I'm fine with it personally. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> well. That was all the WWE content from this week. A pretty loaded show, or shows, I should say, with loaded crowds. That brings us to the show from this past night that we watched, which was February 21st, 2024, AEW Dynamite in... Mm. Oh, mm. Man, man, what city were they in? You know, the one. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to be in Huntsville next week. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ah, uh, okay. Gerald that country. big city. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think about that. He wasn't even on the show. I think he's going through some health problems. Oh, yeah, well. All right, I get, give him get, a pass. Yeah, get well soon, Gerard. That's right. Legend of the game. But speaking of people that are... 
apparently bigger legends than Roman Reigns. The opener was John Moxley and Claudio versus FTR in a tag team match. And I don't know. I kind of talked with some people online, which granted the guy is not a big FTR fan at all. Did it feel like something was just off here? Or uh, did it feel like one of the FTR is hurt? For a minute, I thought Cash and Mox were like actually pissed at each other, which I guess means they were kind of doing their job. But I don't know. Cash Cash is going through a lot right now. He's got that hearing for that gun incident coming up. I'm so so shocked they didn't drop that. No, it's going to court, buddy. So it's probably got a lot on his mind. It's probably going to do some time. I don't know. I thought it was going to get thrown out, but it's going to court. So, yeah, Cash probably not. His head's not in the game, Micah. Well, even Dax, and I mean, you know, I'm the FTR is probably my favorite tag team of, uh, I don't know, the past like 10 years. I wouldn't say all time, but. One of my favorite tag teams since I've came... Well, my favorite tag team since I've started watching in 2021. But probably one of my favorites of any time I've been watching. But I don't know. It feels like something is missing. I don't know if... I don't know if they're working hurt or... um, I don't know. Like Dax even. just It don't seem like he gets around the same way he used to. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but... It felt really apparent during this match that something wasn't all there. I don't like the dynamic that they're both babyface tag teams. I don't like that dynamic. Right, I don't think BCC it works. Is babyface? Well, they're defending AEW's honor against CMLL. Well, you know, I guess you got a point. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't like that they have almost completely abandoned Baby faces and heels on the AEW show. I don't know who I'm supposed to be cheering for. Maybe it's like a... Well, I mean, I can't even really equate it to that because it's not on that magnitude. Like, the what? Horsemen, when the NWO was invading WCW, they were, like, de facto baby faces just because they were associated with AEW, but they would still cheat and do, you know, all the other bull crap. Well... Micah, there's a reason why if you boot up WWE 2K23 and you play GM mode, you're going to get higher match quality points when you book a heel versus babyface match. It's because that's the formula that you're supposed to use. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Don't reinvent the wheel if the wheel's going to keep on spinning regardless. But it's 2024. We don't need those parameters anymore, Ryan. What's confusing as a viewer at home, like why I don't, I feel like this match could have been a lot better if we would just had definitive heels, definitive baby faces. And I got to be honest, Micah, I've been half paid paying attention to AEW the last month. I don't remember why they're feuding. I know Dax and Moxley had a match. I think that was last week. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't know why that happened and I don't know why this happened. I thought that the BCC was feuding with CMLL. I don't know what's going on. Well, I, I'd be lying if I in. said I remember. Oh, okay. I you going to get the explanation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm I had confused to pump fake as a, you a little bit. 
<laughs> I jumped for it, but I was confused throughout this whole encounter. The crowd loved it, and I'm happy for them. And Claudio looked like a beast in there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it happened. Well, that was one of the things that I did remark on. Um, was the... I don't even really know what to call it. Like a double electric chair um, spot oh, like, where he kind of like picked them both up and just went back. I thought that was really cool. I yeah. mean, and it's believable too because Claudio's renowned as, you know, just a huge, strong guy. And you know, FTR is like five, six, 200 pounds. So, I mean, guy like Claudio is light one to him. Oh, come on. Why, why you got to bury him? Just saying, look at them. They're small, Micah. I mean, you can't say they're not small. They're short. They're short guys. Look they're shorter. We're, we're, we are short men ourselves. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating on them. The height they are. I'm not body shaming them. But they're they small guys. You just made it sound like Adam Cole. Well, they are teeny weeny. Oh, come Anyways. I'm just saying, I'm just saying Micah. There's there's a lot of production changes going on on both sides. Um, one that I could have sworn that I wrote down somewhere in the raw notes was them darkening the, I guess, palette of the show. There's not as much. Yeah. And oh, my God, LED technology is something we have access to. It's more yeah. relaxed and kind of, uh, I guess, welcoming to the eyes. It seems a little more uncut. That's what I like about a show. That's and UFC has lights and brands and yeah. stuff like that, but it's not just way too bright. And WWE is shooting the crowd differently too. Usually they blind them with red or blue lights, depending on what what night night of the week it is. But it seems like now they're just, they're just there's no there's no colorful lights on the crowd anymore. Yeah, and that's something I like, whereas on this side, they're also making some production changes. Apparently, they're going to really change up the uh, color scheme of the show and the stage when they get to the point after Revolution. But one thing I remarked on right now that I like is them announcing match times. If you're going for a more sports-based presentation, you want to be an alternative, that's something WWE doesn't do, and it's unique to AEW. I think that's a positive. They say 20 minutes. Then when you get 15 minutes through, you got five left. They announce that. That's a good thing. Because if you announce it all the time, then it's normal when you need it for a draw like this ended up being. Yeah, I thought they did that before, though. Well, they. I'm not going to say that they didn't, but if they did, it was not loudly announced. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, well, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't hate that they do it. It kind of gives it away that it's going to be a time limit draw when they do it, though. Well, but they did it in the matches after this, too, because there was another one that went. Uh, I think it was Cassidy and oh, Taven. I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch it, but I had it on in the background, <laughs> so I heard them call it out that there was only five oh, okay. minutes left. Okay, well, at least they're being consistent. But I was not going to be consistent in watching that, though. 
No, absolutely not. And to close that matchup, I don't know. The it, I know it went to a draw and they had a brawl after, but it just kind of felt discombobulated because they ended up kind of standing around not really knowing what happened and they were going for a shatter machine. Then Dax has just got him thrown over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. I, I just wasn't a fan of this, and I'm a big fan of FTR's work, typically. Yeah, it was a it was a fine match. I don't like the sharpshooter spot where they... I think Claudio didn't break up the sharpshooter that he had on... Or Do you remember what I'm talking about? Like It was a double yeah. sharpshooter spot, and why didn't... Was it Cash that didn't break up the sharpshooter? He locked in another one? No, it was Dax had a sharpshooter on Moxley, and both of them were the oh, okay. legal men, and Claudio grabs a sharpshooter on Cash. It's like, why would yeah. you not break up the other one? Because while you're sitting here holding the other guy down like an idiot, he could tap Mox out. could tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if your guy taps, well, he's not legal man, so who cares? Yeah. So I that was stupid, but, you know, they don't think about those things sometimes. Yeah, but it was a fine match. Crowd liked it. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. This was an alright crowd for Dynamite, especially some of the past ones that they've had. Um, following this, there was a backstage segment with Ric Flair. And wow. he... guy he was on the show. <laughs> yeah, I did too. He... I couldn't understand him half the promo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't just me. I was I like, I felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel bad for him, but I could not understand half of what he was saying. But I think the gist of it was that he felt disrespected that Sting hasn't needed him more him. for this run. <laughs> he didn't call him or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, what is Rick going to do? Stand at ringside and clap? I guess that's what he wanted, but. Yeah, I couldn't understand him half the promo. And then the camera zoomed out and you just seen him like the old man walk. You know what I'm talking about, Micah? The yeah. old man walk. Well, it looks like he's in pain walking. It looks so sad. <laughs> he walked to the young bus locker room. And then they shot it like so just comical. I don't know. It's just it's a young bucks thing. What more can I expect? Which I guess kind of ties into this past or this last week where they just had a really awful segment where Darby came out and cut a promo, which would have been great if Punk was still in the company, but he's not. And so now this is goofy and you're shining light on somebody else who's not here anymore. Yeah. And he didn't mention anything about the blood feud attack they had the week before which they mentioned this week i don't know man this is a typical young bucks feud that has horrible build and i liked one part of it and then it just goes off the rails and they're trying to get it back and i hate it because i want to see sting's last match but not involving these goofs yeah yeah now we're gonna get rick flair involved now and i don't want to see that I don't want to see Ric Flair anywhere near this. They should have just kept him off the show, honestly. Yeah. Like, was anybody, anybody asking him? I was just about to say that. Was anybody <laughs> asking for Flair? Like, when uh, he showed back up, I was like, oh, yeah, he is on the show. 
If anybody was asking for it, I didn't see it. But you know what? I mean, there's no wonder they're not using him. He shows up to the show at 7.30. Man, you can't be there at 7.30. You got to be there before before the show starts, Micah. You can't show up at your job 30 minutes late and then wonder why they're not using you. Well, you, you show up 30 minutes late, buddy. Yep. Got to meet your you call can. times, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that I don't want to see and you don't either, um, Daniel Garcia was in the ring following this to call out Christian Cage. <laughs> yeah. Because Edge is out. Whoa, whoa. Adam, Adam Copeland, I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I honestly, I mean, I got to say, I don't think that Daniel Garcia did a bad job here, especially considering what some of his other stuff has consisted of. But I thought it was a decent crowd or a decent promo and the crowd got behind him. Obviously Christian comes in, classes up the joint, does the shtick, which I don't care if he's still talking about dead people's dads. I still pop for it because I think it's funny. He talked but, about his dead mom too. Yeah. And linked her address. <laughs> no, not the address. <laughs> No, somebody, Sean Rossett looked it up. It's that, that address is legitimately a, a cemetery. That's pretty hilarious. He's committed. <laughs> the time it took to look that up. That's so great. <laughs> I, I don't care, man. I know people are played out of it, and I am when it involves Adam Copeland, but the Christian gimmick is still over to me. Yeah, I think the Adam Copeland Christian feud has jumped the shark because it seems like they're going to continue that. And I don't see why you still have. What's the jabroni's name this with Christian? What's his name? Nick Wayne. Which, I don't see why you have Nick Wayne's. Mo- what are you going to say which one? Why do you have Nick Wayne's mom still there? She's not needed. Get her out of there. The whole thing has been muddied by her and Adam Copeland. She ruined the feud. They didn't need her. Yep, because she's goofy, and now she just stands there. Like, they're paying her to just stand there. Yeah, it's like how... You remember how... How, um... Jeez, I lost my reference, Michael. But still, though, we, we don't we don't need him there. Cole Cabana. I was going to say Cole Cabana. Remember how Cole Cabana was just there in the Dark Order? He didn't really do anything. He was just there. Yep. There's Why lots is, of guys that Tony pays to just be there. To just be there? Uh, you're flying these guys out? To just be there? Yep. Does it add to the show at all? Would anybody care if she never showed up on television again? Nope. I wouldn't either. I mean, I hate to single a person out like this, but like Abaddon has been on their roster since 2019. No, it gives them brownie points to keep Abaddon around, so they're not going to do anything. They're not going to cut Abaddon. Gives them online internet points to keep Abaddon around. Why is that? Is she critically sought after? I think it's because she's um, an ally in the in the community, Micah, the LGBTQ community, and people like having a representative around. I, I want to be politically correct here as much as I can, Micah. 
It's well, like how they don't get rid of Nyla Rose. Oh, well. I was about to say, I thought Nyla Rose was there. Well, regardless, they have a lot of people around that really shouldn't be around. They overstayed their welcome, such yeah. as Nick Wayne's mom. And <laughs> I got it. there three months. She's been there three months. But the curse of Adam Copeland having these long, drawn out feuds that people are sick of, it is continuing into AEW. It was rampant in his last WWE run. And now he's brought her to AEW. He's the new Chris Jericho. Just Aww. in better shape. Just in better shape. He's the new Chris Jericho. Mark my words, Micah. His feuds will go on forever. Forever. And people will lose interest, but he's still going to have these matches that nobody's interested in. And people are going to get their hopes up. And then they're going to have a mid-match and a program that they want to end. And then he'll go on to the next program where it'll last five or six months. Mark my words. It's going to happen. It just sucks because I like, honest to God, Edge was like, when I was a kid, I really, really liked Edge because he was on SmackDown consistently and he was a top guy. And and I like respect him and everything. That's not what I mean. But I just, ever since I came back to watching, Edge has not been somebody that moves me. And especially with this feud... I mean, in WWE, you could chalk it up to bad booking. In AEW, they kind of have some creative freedom. So who do we chalk this up to? Do we chalk this up to Scotty Barnes with the pencil? Or do we Come on. blame this on <laughs> Christian Edge? <laughs> He's just not liking Scotty Barnes. <laughs> have you seen the videos? I've seen it. I've seen it, man. <laughs> Hopefully I this, mean, this doesn't go over our viewers. There is irrefutable evidence. If you, please, anybody who's listening to this and you don't know what I'm talking about, go to TikTok and just look up Scotty Barnes and it'll come up. The dude, borderline. Acoustic. Yeah. The dude is borderline, like, not all (laughs) there. Yeah. (laughs) Bro had no choice but to make the league. (laughs) So, oh, man. Anyways, how much of this can we blame on Tony or do we put it on Christian and Edge? Or, I'm sorry, Adam, Adam Copeland. Copeland. There you go. That's who you got to blame it on, Adam Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> He's been exposed. I mean, when you think about it, like, I'm not going to say Tony doesn't have long, drawn-out feuds. I'm, I can't blame it on Christian because he was doing good work before he got there. So, it's one or the other. And considering the other guy had extremely long, drawn-out feuds in the other company, I think it's just a trend. Yeah. Well, anyways, we'll see how the Garcia-Christian match goes, but I don't have high hopes because people really love Daniel Garcia, and I don't see what they see, but... They like his dance. They like his dance. They got a front center for his uh, entrance now. Yeah. Yeah, he, he he does that little gyration, and that's the crowd enjoys that. So they're gonna I keep just on doing. Laugh. They do want to laugh, Micah. That's the whole point of the show. They want to laugh. Well, speaking of things to laugh at, um, later on there was a match between Deanna Perrazzo and Madison oh Rain. My God. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk in depth about this because I didn't watch it in depth, but 
I just felt like the fact that they made the Intuit TurboTax move of the night, the girl getting spiked on her head, which was a botch, and they felt yep. like replaying it. So, oh, move of the night. That's uh, definitely yeah. a choice. Yep. That should tell you everything you need to know about the AEW women's division. Yep. And a very skippable dynamite at that. To close us up for AEW Dynamite this week in wrestling, Wardlow came out to the ring Ooh. to cut a promo. Where you been? I don't know where this came from, but sir, I don't Any know more. if somebody slapped him in the face before he came out or if he did the little Randy thing. <laughs> Randy thing? You know what I'm talking about where Randy did that on that episode of, was it Heels or Villains? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he slapped himself and he got in the... <laughs> yeah. And then he's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know if that's what Wardlow did or what. <laughs> but he came out here and cut the best promo of his life. And he said true things. He said the fact... And he said stuff that we've been saying. The fact that he has not been... ...or in the world title picture is an indictment of everybody at back there that has fumbled him again and again, and he even said they should be in jail. <laughs> he did, word for word. Yeah he, yeah, he did. He mentioned, or at least hinted at mentioning CM Punk. Do you oh, think that's that the right hint. Do you think that's the right way to go about this? I mean, last week they mentioned, or indirectly mentioned, Cody Rhodes. And now they're indirectly mentioning CM Punk. You know, two guys they are doing way better now that they're away from AEW. Well, he's the biggest star they have, and he's not with the company anymore. But you think it's a good idea to draw attention to that? I look at it one of two ways. Probably not on the face of it at the same time he is kind of putting himself over that guy i wouldn't compare it to the darby cody thing because darby was like you ran off one of the other evps and now look at him whereas wardlow was like this guy keeps getting hurt and i'm the one that caused that and i am the only person in years to make him look mortal and garbage took credit for Drew McIntyre, what he did. <laughs> he stole his gimmick, brother. <laughs> and then you kind of compile that, too, with the fact that he is the last person to, like, destroy MJF. Um, In a weird match that never got referenced ever again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's kind of exactly his point. He did that. He goes on to be TNT champion. Gets a freaking security guard feud. They've done nothing but fumble <laughs> the guy, and we've talked about it every time on the podcast. A guy like Wardlow, how is he not competing for a world championship? Uh, but what is he? Because they're kind of all over the place now, because one week he's with the Undisputed Kingdom, and now he's cutting promos by himself. Without Adam Cole and without the Undisputed Kingdom, what are, what are we doing here? That was the only thing I really wasn't certain about. I honestly thought he was going to rip that tank top, tank top off and be like a lone wolf, but I guess not. 
it's uh they're doing something with him. And the next segment they announced that he's gonna be in what they call it, Meeto Mania. Meat no, Mania. Meat Madness. And that's meat what I madness. was gonna get to. Meat Madness. Sounds that's a yeah. you don't wanna take that name out of context. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know. That's a is that PG? Can we <laughs> I don't even think that's peachy. <laughs> but you, oh my God, this was just the most. Oh my, I don't even know what to properly it, term it killed this. The promo. It killed the yeah. promo that he just cut. Because <laughs> you didn't, you turned into comedy. Yeah, because he's going to go out there and have a match with a bunch of buff guys and all they're going to be doing is chanting meat and it's going to be... <laughs> Vincent Man's wet <laughs> It's going to be comedy. It's This is the most tone-deaf booking I've ever seen in my life. How do you have a guy go out there and cut that promo... It was the best Wardlow promo he's ever cut. It's definitely the best thing he's done since the whole MJF thing. And then, oh, well, I'm hearing from Tony Khan that at Revolution, Wardlow is going to be competing in Meat Madness. Oh, that's funny right there, Taz, isn't it? Oh, yes, yeah, Shivani, that's hilarious. What? <laughs> this is what we do with this guy? Yep. This yeah, is why the show is in the state that it's in. Yeah, you follow up with that impassioned promo where he spoke from the heart just to, just to go back to the comedy, as we do. Well, you don't so, like that, Micah? You're not a real fan if you don't like that. No, no, I guess not. I'll just do that. They'll send death threats to me and tell my dad that he shouldn't have had me like they did O'Shea <laughs> Jackson Jr., because he recommended ways to fix the company. Oh, God. We ain't got to fix nothing. Everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. You should accept the fact that you're going to get random wrestlers show up in prominent spots. And you should know who they are. Because if you don't know who they are, you're not a real wrestling fan. And if you don't know who they are, Google's free. We shouldn't have to tell you who they are. Yep. They, don't need a pro they don't need a vignette. They don't need promo time. You should know. Well, you're not a wrestling fan. Oh, I bet you like Roman Reigns. You're not a real wrestling <laughs> fan. Notice how they ran a package of WWE for two guys that are huge and are uh, on their TV every week, like Drew and Cody. Just just because, yeah. you know, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, we and can't they, do that. They ran vin a vignette for Andrade, even though he's been with the company. But it added way more, way more uh, character work to him by having that vignette. And he looked like a bigger star than he ever did in AEW with just that one vignette. Yep. yep. So that's... Mm. No, oh, no, no, no. Everything's great. I, you should know everybody. Yeah, and our vignettes are going to be comedy. We're going to have Tony Storm pretend to be a 1930s starlet and have everybody just laugh at everything she does, not take it serious. We're going to have QTV, which I'm sure is going to make its way back now that that QT Marshall is back with the company. We get those segments, but we we don't get packages explaining to us why we should care about guys. We shouldn't get that. No. 
We get Meat Madness matches, but not guys in serious spots contending for a main event. You know, opportunity. No, no, no. Meat Madness. It's funny. It's got meat. a tagline. Yeah. You don't like meat, Micah. You're not a big meat guy, huh? I better close this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Take us home, man. Yeah, Dynamite was there, and it went, and we're going to leave as well. Thank you for listening. Make sure to check us out, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, at ScoopSlamPod. Make sure to check out Dead Threads Apparel. The link is in the bio of this episode, as well as our link tree that's on Twitter or Instagram. Get you 15% off with the referral code. Get you 10% off with the promo code ScoopSlammed. That's right, Scoop. Slammed is the promo code. Check that out if you're a sports fan. They got football, baseball, basketball, hockey, all that good stuff. Make sure to come back next week. We'll be reviewing some more wrestling, some bad takes, and maybe even some trivia if it's slow. Thank you for listening. Have a good one.